Hey everyone, I'm your host, Stanley Genetic, and welcome to the Landscape Disruptors podcast. Landscape Disruptors is a platform that showcases top performers in the landscape and snow industry and discusses all things related to business and beyond. This is a platform for sharing advice that relates to helping landscapers build successful and well-planned out businesses of their own. Viewers can expect a variety of guest experts to talk about all functions related to business, including sales, marketing, making better equipment decisions, and a variety of other topics that will help you be a more efficient and more profitable landscape company. You can learn more about our free content at landscapedisruptors.com. Hey everyone, I wanted to share the latest offer from our show sponsor, LMN. Their latest Black Friday promotion could save you $2,200 and help you train your team members and manage your landscape business. So how does it work? First, you sign up for LMN Professional to receive one month free, plus you'll get complimentary, no-hassle software implementation. But there's more to it. After that, you will receive six months free greeniest training for your staff and you will receive a free Chromebook computer. All to say it's a $2,200 value and you'll get a free computer. To take advantage of this Black Friday offer, just visit golmn.com backslash Black Friday. That's golmn.com backslash Black Friday. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, one and all. It's getting close to Christmas, and that was my Charles Dickens voice, that little kid that uh, gets the turkey after Thanksgiving Day or Christmas Day or whatever it is. We got a special guest for you today. We've got Brent Giles. Is, am I pronouncing your last name, Giles? Uh, Brent, I should... Giles. Giles. And you know, that's something I should know since you legitimately just told me how to pronounce your last name less than three minutes ago. But, you know, I'm half Polish and half Indian, so I got a couple things that I got to overcome. And, and uh, But we've got a really good topic today. So what we're going to be talking about today is the skilled labor challenges in landscaping and strategies to overcome them. Now, for you guys that don't know who Brent is, he's actually part of the Greenius Network. And Greenius, if my understanding is right, Brent, was just bought out by LMN. And then you came on board to help develop Greenius. But you have an insane amount of skills before any of this even came into play. Can you kind of tell us your history of where you came from? Yeah, absolutely. Um, appreciate that. Uh, thanks for uh, for having me here. It should be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, in August of uh, of this year, LMN purchased Greenius. Um, we acquired uh, a Greenius through uh, through a need for um, our business management software at LMN to be a little more well rounded. We had a lot of uh, a lot of customers reaching out asking for more training. So logical move for us was to to partner with uh, with a uh, an organization and and obviously acquired uh, a Greenius through that uh, through that uh, that process and and here we are today. So I did I came over. I'm i actually was not with LMN. I was an LMN user for years at uh, at some companies that I owned as well as uh, I spent a, a significant amount of time as uh, in an executive role with uh, with some of the biggest landscape and turf companies. Um, snow removal companies in in Canada and the U.S. So I've uh, had a corporate level of a ton of experience. I, I like to think lots of knowledge and stuff rolling around in my head. So uh, 
Mark Bradley and I started talking about uh, this opportunity with Greenius, and and uh, here I am. Um, was a former Greenius user as well, so uh, kind of aligned well with uh, with what uh, Ellen was looking for 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 somebody to come over and, and help to uh, lead the way and and uh, and bring Greenius to the not only the landscape and snow industry and hardscape industry, but to uh, to take it into different market segments now with uh, golf and municipal and arborists and irrigation. So sky's the limit. That's our uh, that's the real quick brief intro. Hmm. Um, so there you go. So you've been doing this for over s- how many years? Like seventeen years or something. I, I have. I started in the lawn care industry uh, twenty five years ago. So it was uh, after college, university was was a you know worked with uh, with Weedman specifically, which was a an organization I think everyone's familiar with in that turf space, uh, primarily residential, and and started there. Uh, moved through the ranks there and, and uh, left, pursued an opportunity with a, at a corporate level with a, another uh, lawn care uh, turf company. Uh, spent some time there at a corporate level in uh, at a Toronto, Ontario, here in Canada, and then ended up uh, buying and starting, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit kicked in and ended up starting my own landscape and snow company um, and, and carried that on, went through an acquisition, or excuse me, went through a couple of acquisitions where I was, where I purchased a couple of companies under that umbrella. And then uh, about uh, eight or 10 years later, sold that business. And I went to Clintar Landscape Management, which is one of the biggest landscape and snow companies in, in North America. So spent time there as a senior exec operations and uh, franchise operations and corporate training. So that's that's kind of my background over the last twenty years, um, and then most recently, prior to joining Element, I was actually with a, an online heavy equipment platform that uh, that's was a startup. So I was I was helping that organization get uh, get up and rolling, and, and spent a, two or three years there. Um, is that, with, is that, that still year. online? Is that still it is? Well, yeah, it is absolutely. Dozer Equipment Rentals. It's an online marketplace for uh, for heavy equipment, snow equipment. Um, you know. You, just about anything you can imagine that you that any landscaper uh, specifically or snow removal company would use uh, is available online. You, for sure. you basically, Brent, you live, breathe, and eat this stuff. This is your life. This isn't you didn't come in from some other industry. This is pretty much all you've known since you were a kid, is what I'm hearing. If I'm, yeah, I'm- yeah, yeah, exactly. I've that's that's exactly it. I've I've kind of started in it and loved it and continued in it with very little deviation from. Uh, I think the biggest the biggest deviation I've had in my career was with uh, with my latest role or my previous role to as before joining Greenius and LMN was the the heavy equipment piece. But again, still dealing with the same contractors and snow removal companies. Dude, that's that I always just going have. deeper down the rabbit hole. Really? I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. It was just a different avenue for me to explore and and it was yeah. a great opportunity and and then when uh like I said when we started to discuss the the opportunity with uh with Greenius and LMN, um always been a huge supporter of of everyone here at LMN and and uh been a uh, a user of both like I said Greenius and LMN products over the years and and brought them to organizations uh that I've been involved with. Um, at a corporate level and, and they're still utilizing them today. So yeah, again, it's all, uh, it's all been great. Happy to be here, excited to help. And, uh, I think we've got a great product with, uh, with the greediest, uh, HR development and trading tool. I think we can, we can, uh, certainly help the industry for sure. 
Absolutely. So our goal today is to just to break down some of the walls, the myths, the barriers about the skilled labor challenges in landscaping and, and strategies to overcome them. So my first question to you is, why do you think it's so challenging to retain skilled labor? It, so I think, you know, it's it's a difficult thing. We tend to focus on the wrong things. And what I'm going to say today, as we have our conversations here, uh, everything is based on my experiences and, and, and a lot of it's my opinion. So I, I'll, I'll just say that first and foremost, but we tend to focus on the wrong things. A valuable, skilled employee should be encouraged to take on more responsibility, right? People get caught up in, in, Oh well, if I train this employee and and they get too good, they're just going to leave me and go start another business of their own and compete I against. I hear that them. all the time, Brent. All right? the time. So that's I look at it from a different lens. I look at it, and this is my experience as a business owner for the years I spent in the landscape, hardscape, snow removal world. Yeah, I would, I, like I said, I would look at it through their eyes as the they have a great teacher in the business owner, right? Me specifically. And I've, I've, they've learned through myself, my organization, our policies, procedures, processes, and you've actually taught them to be confident enough to go out and have that spirit that you probably had yourself once too, right? To go out and, and start their own company. So I take pride in that. I think that we look at it the wrong way. I think everybody looks at it like a negative and and I actually look at it as a as a as a huge positive and a big win and I actually took those took those things and would and and I encourage everyone else to do this too is just embed that into your company culture. You know, it's not a negative, it's a huge positive and I think people should run with it. Um so retaining skilled labor, don't be afraid to to do that, you know, train them, develop them, um recruit them, do whatever you got to do to keep them to keep them within your organization and, and certainly don't be scared of, of them leaving to pursue not only another job, but um, a job within your industry. Right. I take pride in the fact that I trained and, and uh, brought along numerous mentored, numerous um, individuals within, within my organizations. And, and uh, a, a lot of them did go on to compete against me and I was, I was happy for it. I think competition's a good thing. Dude, I call it, Brent, cooperation, not competition. So just within within the last few years, I've I've mentored, you know, just basically took a couple of the younger kids out there under my wing and not done a whole lot for them, them, just the soft pushes, the encouragement. One of them now, just within two years, he had a wood chipper. Now he's got 22 guys in an 11-acre tree farm he's developing. Another guy... Uh, brother sister team they're going to be busting out three million yeah. in sales this year and they're t- turning 21 it's fantastic isn't that amazing and yeah. you know the thing is is anytime these guys have jobs that don't fit their needs they're basically looking for me right i get yeah. job leads from them they'll go oh you know what this one isn't right or my schedule isn't right but they sh- we all share together and I think that's a huge thing. Yeah, we are kind of building our competition, but I think when we do it the strategic way, we're building partnerships that can develop into lifelong friendships where we help each other out and there's 
I mean, we're not alone, right? Instead of being that solopreneur that's fighting the uphill battle and he doesn't need any help or assistance because he's got this under control. Well, I'm the guy that can, I can make five phone calls and go, hey, I got an opening in my schedule. Do any one of you guys have a job or need help? Do you need a skid loader? Do you need assistance here, there, or in between? And know that I'm, I'm relating with someone that – I have their back and they have my back. That's pretty huge, man. Absolutely. I, I think we focus, again, we focus on, oh, we're creating competition. But what I found in my experience is that I was I was usually years and years ahead of them business-wise. My companies were a lot larger than, than they would be if they went out on their own. The competition's not even there. I mean, in fact, you said it best in, I think, the, the you end up utilizing them. Uh, I would utilize them all the time as, uh, and they would rely on me as a as as feeding them work um, for you know whether it was the subcontract uh, uh, a salt route or or to subcontract uh, a you know a retaining wall to build build whatever it was that uh, I, I looked at it like that we we were a larger company that uh, and and they just weren't at the. They weren't on the same level as us at that point. So really, they weren't competition. If they did go out and start their own company, they were more so a uh, an ally within the within that landscape and snow space. So okay, so let me ask you: Is there something different we could be doing to attract more people into the re- into the green industry through our recruiting efforts? I mean, are we doing a bad job recruiting? Are we not painting a very good picture, or is it more of a training issue or, or what's going on? I, again, my opinion, I think that um, just looking at the, you know, the demographic across Canada and the U S for not, not so much the, the employee, but more so on the, on the, the ownership side of the businesses or the people, they, they tend to be, you know, us guys have been around for a long time and, and we're the ones doing a lot of the hiring. So I think um, recruiting's tough this day and age. I think, you know, most, most companies that I've met with and consulted with, they do do a decent job. Um, they find staff, they recruit, they train, they do what they can do. Um, but what we have to remember is recruiting today is not the same as it was 10 years ago. It's wildly different. Social media, work-life balance, wages. I mean, they're all examples of that, right? Skilled workers are less likely to be found on, I don't know, Indeed and Craigslist nowadays. You're, you're going to go and you're going to find a lot of them on social, like, I don't know, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever it is. Yep. Um, I've had numerous conversations with, with people over the, the last couple of years and, and wages aren't what they're looking at. I mean, yes, they need to make a, a good living wage, but secondary to that is, um, you know, great culture, work-life balance. Those are things that, uh, that really drive the, the workforce today, especially that younger generation. Um, you got to get creative with postings, have fun with them. Um, you know, you see job postings all the time, right? All the time, right? Saying that are, that are, oh, landscapers require this high pay, whatever the job header says. Mm-hmm. Um, switch it up. I think people are starting to do that now. Change things like, uh, I, I don't know, top of my head. Um, your job title for a, a new heavy equipment operator could be uh, come play in the dirt with me with a picture of your new backhoe, right? Focus on on different areas and, and, and focus on the fun aspect and the creative aspect of the, of the business, as opposed to making it so traditional, like we did 10 years ago. So that helps with recruiting. I think you, you don't want to discount as well. Um, you want to be open-minded. You don't want to discount the people. Um, 
my best hires, people have heard me speak before and talk about this before, my single best hires over the years have not come from the landscape and snow and hardscape industry. They've come from outside of that. They've been Starbucks employees. They've been McDonald's employees. Yeah. Don't discount who you're hiring. Broaden your search. Like I said, be open-minded just because they don't have landscape experience. Um, they don't fit within that that mold that you're used to hiring for doesn't make, doesn't mean that they're not, uh, that they're not right for the business. Um, like I said, Starbucks, McDonald's, these people have a skill set that is ridiculous. They are front facing, customer facing, customer interacting all day, every day. Yeah. That's true. a great, you know, like that's a great, that's a great landscape employee. That's mm-hmm. a great, um, you know, sales an estimator or, you know, there's, there's all sorts of avenues. So um, I, I definitely don't discount um, you know, Brent, those people the, for sure. One of the things you said that I think I'd like to actually point out is the subway employees, the, the gas station attendants, those guys, um, I think their expectations are different as well. Because I'd like to talk about, you said something about social media, you know, recruiting from social media. And um, what I find is that people that think they're going into doing what we do. Now, I specifically focus more on equipment operation, hardscaping, backhoes, trackhoes, excavators, skid loaders, trucks, whatever. Okay. And I look for those guys that I can throw into a piece of equipment. I say throw in. But really what they're doing is they're coming in with almost no skills, almost no skills. Maybe they have enough skills to make them dangerous on a piece of equipment, but not productive and efficient. And what I'm finding, and I just want to talk to you about this a little bit, is unrealistic expectations. They, they saw a skid loader once, so and they talked to somebody three years ago that was you know, running a skid loader and he was making $22 an hour and they should make $22 an hour. I I have had this conversation where I've got to say, no, I'm sorry. No, I don't know if you're going to go hop in that skid loader and drive it straight into a telephone pole or run it into a semi. These are all things I've had operators, I'm air quoting, operators actually do. And to me, an operator is completely different than a warm seat in a piece of equipment, a warm body in a piece of equipment. Just because you know how to get into a piece of equipment and can run it around without smashing it into things doesn't make you efficient or productive. And it doesn't make you as equal and worthy of pay as some of the other guys out there operating equipment. Mm -hmm. Are you noticing unrealistic expectations from this younger generation where, oh, you know, I could make $17 an hour at McDonald's. Go ahead. Go make your $17 an hour at McDonald's, work there for a year or two years. If you started with me at $17 an hour, you're going to get increases in pay. You're going to get trained on a skid loader, on a backhoe, on an excavator, on a skid loader. You're going to know how to run job sites. You're going to know how to order materials. You're going to know how to calculate materials while you get paid. Mm -hmm. I'm finding unrealistic expectations from social media as one of the hardest things for us to overcome. What are you seeing out there? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think you're, you you know, you're right. I think there is unreasonable expectations. I think we're in different parts of the country as well, right? I mean, in in completely separate countries, but we, uh, 
yeah, I think it, it, it varies from province to province here in Canada and from state to state in the U.S. It, it, you know, when I alluded to social media, I was more talking about targeting ads towards um, towards certain demographic and certain people. But yeah, I think yeah. that uh, I think naturally the 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 younger generation of today are are uh, aspiring to to do some of those things and to to get involved and again my 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 most recent role prior to joining greenness was in that heavy equipment space so you'd be surprised how often we see that where uh just because they have a driver's license they think that they can jump in a you know, a, a four ton wheel loader and, and drive it around. So there is some unreal expectations, but it goes back to training too. If yeah. I've got, so, if I've got somebody that's willing to learn, who's, who's got some people skills and, and understands the culture of our organizations and is excited and confident and wants to come to work every day and work in this space and in this industry, I, I think we can train that person to, to do what we need it to do and, and or do what we need them to do. And, um, I found again, like we all look for skilled labor, and, and if we're talking stand specifically about operators or drivers, air quotes, right of of equipment, yeah. um, just because you have driven, and I've seen this firsthand, just because you've driven a a, a skid loader for a number of years doesn't mean you're a qualified operator. Um, you know, so there is some things. So lots of times I find when we hire these people that have specific skill sets and, and have a specific experience in those, in some of those areas, lots of times we're bringing in them in, deprogramming them and yes. retraining them uh, so true. our way. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think there's a lot to be said around, around uh, some of that stuff, but again, you, it's all about, we're going to talk about it. it soon i'm sure it's going to come up about you know employee onboarding and all those fun things it's it all falls into that bucket um about how we're gonna develop our staff and you know if we're still talking about recruiting we've got to get them to to come in the front door and assess them properly and make sure we have policies and processes in place so that we're we're evaluating the, the people the right way and and looking at them through different lenses through different you know so yeah, and we got to get rid of some of the misconceptions that we've, you know, just because you're going into the green industry doesn't mean you're going to be making a lot of green right That's away. Right. <laughs> but the That's guys right. that are are sticking around with it, guys like you, guys like me that have done this their entire life, those are the guys that can pretty much go in and start to command prices for their skills because they have enough different skills that make them in high demand, right? Um, Correct, yeah. And I really I really see that there's a, a so I said self-realization or self-actualization or understanding the skills that you bring in. I think a lot of guys, what I found, Brett, is they promise you the moon and the stars, and then they have a difficult time figuring out where the controls are, how to run a foot hand-operated skid loader or where to check the oil or not even understand how to check the oil and don't even understand all of the different processes that need to be done. So I think just as business owners, we can't be so quick to grab these experienced guys coming in because a lot of times, like you said, we do have to deprogram them. And some of the guys that have zero programming and zero expectations are a stronger candidate 
than the guys that we have to go, whoa, 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 whoa. You don't even know what you don't know. That's right. That's the problem. They don't know what they don't know. And we've still got to train them to do that. You know what I mean? I, I Again, that's kind of going back to what I said earlier was the the don't discount those those retail employees from Subway or Starbucks or McDonald's because I'll, I, I can assure you that uh, if, if you're not interviewing those people at the very least, then you're missing out. If they Just because they don't know how to run a skid steer. I didn't know how to run a skid steer either at one point. And neither did you. Someone had to teach us. So why not be taught by the, you know, why not, why don't we teach them the way we want them to learn and how we want them to plow that parking lot or how we want them to move that stack of bricks, right? Um, rather than trying to deprogram them. So I, I think we, we be very cognizant of the fact that we, your job ads going back to that might be falling on the, the wrong, um, the wrong you know falling into into that wrong bucket i think we gotta we gotta really broaden that uh i think that goes with the recruiting effort though right sure yeah yeah, that's what i mean i think corporate culture or company culture i should say has a massive impact on the decision for a person to come in or out and a lot of times what i see is a lot is sometimes guys will base their decision on what's the hourly rate where's the location what am i doing and Owners of companies should start to sell potential employees on not what's happening at the moment that they start, but on the potential of where they can grow. And what that means is if you come to work for me during the recruiting process to retain skilled labor as a business owner, I'm going to say to you, this is what I'm going to say to like if Brett, you wanted to come work for me, okay, and you had no experience. You were whatever, doing what I don't, an accountant, and you got fired from your firm. I say, Brent, mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you in at the bare bones level. I'm sorry. Everybody's got to start that way because you've got to prove to me the metal that you're made of. We're going to be working long days. We're going to have short nights. We're going to be out in the extreme cold. We're going to be out in the extreme heat. Those are a few of the challenges that make this job fun and exciting. You're not always going to be under fluorescent lights. You're not always going to be doing the same thing. We offer brand new equipment that we've got a plethora of. When I say brand new equipment, what I mean is you're going to have the option of being on zero turn stand on mowers. If you don't want to be on the mowing crew, we have the hardscaping crew, that we have a construction crew or whatever crews you guys have. This is some of the equipment that we will be paying you to learn how to operate so that when you eventually graduate and you move on in life, we're going to have a new home for you here because now you've become so valuable to us that we can't afford to let you go. Or you're going to have the skills that are going to allow you to go and start your own company or enter into another organization, bringing along a, a set of skills that you've proven and that we've already paid the dues on to teach you. So you have a, an immense future. Our industry, the green industry, period, offers a future that very few industries offer because we have so many different paths that we can take. And I don't see business owners capitalizing on that, man. I don't see that, Brent. No, and I, I agree. I think that, you know, you, we, we're talking about paths and employee development and career development. Like if we, I share that in, in about the second interview. 
Um, here's where you're headed. Here's where you're going to start. You have, you, you know, you have your, you know, whether you came from McDonald's or Starbucks or Subway or whatever, here's where we're starting you. You're starting as a laborer on a, on a landscape cutting crew, whatever it is, um, on a maintenance crew, but we'll show them that career path development and how it works. You need to do this to get here. You need to do this to get here and create that and embed that into your organizational culture and, and, you, you will train and retain. And that's, that's, that's the key, right? Train them and retain them and, and bring them in the front door and make sure the back door is closed because you don't want them leaving on you. Dude, if um, you show them a future where they can carve out a path that fits whatever they want to do. That's right. And you have a bunch of people inside. And I think also the other people in that company, you man, you got to get them on that same path because one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. You get guys in there and you got one guy bad mouth in the company. I'll tell you right now, I'm a firm believer in get rid of that joker right away. The it's the one thing I really like about this industry, um, whether you're it's it's hardscape or softscape or maintenance or snow removal or whatever arborist whatever it is, the the transferable skills yep. in within our industry is unbelievable uh, i don't know of another another industry that has it um it's it's crazy the you know from from dealing face to face with employees to dealing face to face with the public to running heavy equipment in a the worst conditions imaginable um you know you're talking about dollars and cents where we're dealing with operational efficiency issues i mean the sky's a limit um the transferable skills that you could help um help an employee with by showing them a career path and having them stay with you, whether they stay in this industry or not, you're, it's, you know, you're helping them. And that's the idea, right? I don't think any of us want to lose any employees, of course, but at the end of the day, if I'm going to lose them, I want them to, to leave and, and be better for, for working for me and, and tell everyone that because that's going to help with recruiting as well. Um, hey, I spent time with Brent and Stan at their landscape company and it was awesome. I was there for 10 years and they taught me all this stuff and now I've gone into this other thing, but hey, you should you should go work for them because they're looking for people you know, all right. and utilize those types of people. I got a question for you, Brent. You're standing in front of an audience of 5,000 eager young faces mm-hmm. and these guys and gals are looking at you and you are going to depart any last words of wisdom to them. Before you walk off stage, you want one thing to be remembered. What would you say to them? You put me on the spot. I did. Um, I did. One of the things that I see a lot, I'll let you think, is there's, there's so many paths. There's so many so many opportunities. There's so much potential in this industry that it's not, you're not, you may come into it as a skilled laborer. And the only way you're going to stay a skilled laborer is if you refuse to do beyond the minimum amount of effort. When you start to apply yourself, you're going to have so many doors and opportunities open to you that you can't even begin to fathom are there unless you're willing to put those first steps in. You got to walk before you run. And, yeah. don't, and don't be afraid of knowing your worth. But knowing your worth means you know your worth. And that means you're not worth $50 an hour and you don't know how to run a piece of equipment. It means maybe you know how to run that piece of equipment and don't be afraid to ask what you're worth. Uh, yeah, I, that's a good one for sure. I think if I was going to leave one lasting thing on a, on a group of 5,000, um, 
be just be get comfortable being uncomfortable work outside your comfort zone um it's okay to explore things that you you may think you don't have the skill set for um you know if you've if you've only ever worked in retail at a in a shopping mall that does not mean that i'm going to discount you as a uh, you could be a fantastic uh heavy equipment operator or or you, you know you, you could have a, a incredible eye for detail and you could be the best you know interlock supervisor crew lead whatever that we've that we've ever seen um so don't be afraid to to work outside your your comfort zone and, and explore opportunity outside your comfort zone because i think a lot of people get really stuck in that oh i'm i took an accounting degree at university and this is what i've got so i have to be an accountant well, no, you don't. I mean, I've got accounts that work for me all the time. They've worked for me for years. We have teachers who who decided that they wanted to not be in, you know, they'd, they'd work for us in the summer and, and uh, loved it. That They, you know, they left their teaching career behind to become operations managers in some of our operations. So it's, uh, the pay's great. It's better than they were making as a school teacher and they're outside and dealing with the public and the transferable skills that they had as a, as a teacher Mm-hmm. Um, allowed them to be wildly successful as as you know operations managers or supervisors or whatever they whatever they ended up being. But um, yeah, work outside your comfort zone. Don't be afraid to explore opportunities that uh, take you out of your element, and and uh, it's important to do that. Oh yeah, that's where that's where growth occurs when you start yeah. to do it. What about training? What about training outside? Let's say you you're in a business. Let's say you mm-hmm. got hired and you want to move up. What would you recommend taking outside training outside of what the company does? Or do you have like a path set that you think guys should take for that? I, I mean, I, I'll put together a career path within our organizations. Yeah. Um, you know, I come from a franchise background, so we were very policy and procedure driven and career path development was a big part of, of, uh, of what we did. I'm never going to, I, I, I made a pact with myself and my wife knows as well because she's heard me say it numerous times, but I will never, if, 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 a, if a staff came to me and said, I want to take this course, as long as they could give me a decent reason why they wanted to, to go outside the organization to a college or university to, to, uh, to, to get some, some further education, I'd, normally I would pay for it. As long as they can give me a valid reason why they wanted to take it, whether it's to, to better the, our organization, to, to you know, uh, better themselves, as long as they were giving me a valid, and I, I think I can count on my one hand how many times I said no, um, but I, I think that uh, I would provide as much internal training and, and development as I possibly could. Sel- selfishly, of course, because they're my staff and I want them to be rock stars in my organization. Yeah. But at the same time, I would, I, I lots of times have set out, set up outside training for staff specifically because they've requested it. So I would never, I would never discount that or never say no, just simply because it, uh, you never know where it's going to lead. Dude, that's um, a motivated driven person right there, Brian. Absolutely. And we, and you want that person, right? Yeah. That person's willing to come to work and work 60 hours in the, in the heat for you and then go to night school to learn, um, you know, uh, another skill. That's a, that's a driven, motivated, confident person that, uh, that I want to have a part of my organization. So yeah, outside schooling for sure. 
internal hiring or sorry, internal uh, training and development through, through our organizations. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think both is, is positive initiative. They're taking initiative too to even. Yeah. To that's even a team leader about that. right there. Yeah. yeah for sure. That's somebody you want to grow your business around, right? Dude, I'm a firm believer that it doesn't make it. I don't, I don't hire based on skill. I hire based on heart. I know that's stupid, but if I can, I can see that drive, that ambition, that that goal oriented mentality in a potential new recruit. Correct. Absolutely. If I can see some realistic expectations, they know where their skills are, but they, you know, they're willing to work toward a future. Absolutely. You know, I want to see what how hungry they are in the beginning stages, Brent. Yeah, no. And, and that's exactly, and it'll become very evident. They will, uh, you know, if that'll come across in the first few interactions with them, right. You'll see how confident and excited they are to be joining your organization or the lack thereof. I mean, you're going to, I always say like, you're going to lose your, your potential candidates within the first couple of days of them being within your organization. And it's for a lot of different reasons, but one of them is, is confidence and, and uh, just exactly what you said, whether you make the change or they make the change, it's uh, you'll know pretty quick who, uh, who's going to fit in, who's not going to, you know, one of the things that I've said is if you give a man a rope, he's going to do two things. He's going to climb up it or he's going to hang himself with it. And I firmly believe you just got to give a guy the chance to screw himself up or to prove himself. And even if he screws up while he's trying to prove it, you can Mm -hmm. test the metal of his character. And that's a huge thing. And it has nothing to do with skills. It has everything to do with drive, motivation, ambition, and heart. Yep. Agreed. I mean, I, and I think too, like when you're, when you're hiring these people, they have all those qualities, which is great. But I think looking, looking inwardly at our, at our own organizations, we want to make sure that, um, we're onboarding these people properly as well. Yeah. We lose, like I said, we just a few minutes ago, we lose more people in the first couple of days because of poor onboarding than any other time. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, in my back, you know, just in my experience, um, have a structured plan with details that span over a period of time, right? They show everything from day one through day 14, whatever your length of training is, cover all things company related, um, Mix in your current staff, get creative, have fun with it. Um, this hey, this question, does Greenius yep. have any kind of training onboarding program that a guy could kind of click and, and play? Or is that something that may be in development? Or Greenius has got a, 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 a fairly substantial training library around training field uh, level staff, management level staff, um, part of our, uh, our mandate here in the next uh, – month and a half to two months is we do have a completely new section coming on um, that focuses on the employee development piece, the career path piece, the HR piece. So Grinius is, you know, is always, and, and rightfully so, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic uh, marketplace that we're able to use, but the, it's, it's traditionally been focused on training field level employees we're we're kicking it up a notch and we're we're going to we're going to start to bring in that that development piece for the staff and for employees and everything from you know interview techniques to 
HR safety, uh, you get into a, a, a fender bender with a truck, we'll walk you through um, what you have to do during those scenarios, things, real life things that, that staff are going to deal with within our industry on a, on a day-to-day basis. So all that's coming. It's, it's, uh, I can assure you it's, it's close to being ready. We're just, uh, you know, dotting the I's and crossing the T's here because we want to deliver a new, a new, uh, a there's probably 40 to 50 new new courses coming to to Greenies here very very soon that everybody will be able to take advantage of. Dude. Okay, so the way I see it now, if I'm getting this picture painted right, Brent, what Greenius does is it will train your field staff, but now when those guys want to move up, you have you're you're creating programming to help them understand what those roles are going to be to the next phase of it. So as an owner operator, if you've never had a chance to work inside of a large organization, you started your own company and you don't know how to set up and organize your company, you could almost use some of these these training videos to help a, an owner could start to understand how to develop their own organizational if, if I'm hearing this right. Is that right? Yeah, we're going to give you the tools now. Like I said, we'll train you on how to how to use that that line trimmer, hedge trimmer, but we're also going to walk you through and 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 show you what you need to do to get to that next step. Give you the opportunity to to utilize the Greenius platform and 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 you know, train on different aspects. If you're a crew leader on a on a lawn mowing crew, you know, of course you need to know how to run a zero turn, a line trimmer, defensive driving, backing up a trailer, all those things that already currently exist within Greenius. But now we're going to show you and give you the uh, the tools to be able to say, okay, I want to I want to move into an operations supervisor role as my next step. Well, here's some some courses and some training material that Greenius has within their within their uh, system that'll allow me to do that. And that could be anything from, like I was saying, proper interview techniques. It could show a career path ladder for them. Um, it could be anything anything related to to any kind of business development. There's going to be all sorts of, of, uh, of areas for growth. So um, it's a work in progress, obviously. We're really expanding the, the library and course material, but it's, uh, we've, got about, uh, we've got about 50 currently almost ready to go here. So you'll be able to see that uh, live pretty soon. Oh, dude, that's really cool. All right, uh, Brent, I've, I've taken up too much of your time. I know uh, <laughs> I told you 30 minutes, and I know you are a busy man, so I appreciate you taking, you know, spending a few extra moments with me. If guys wanted to actually reach out to you and find out more about you, about what you do, where would they contact you at? Uh, how would they do go about that? You can, I mean, it, Greenus itself, www.gogreenius.com is the is the best place to start obviously um lmn um a lot of people are familiar with lmn you can see us you know on our website but you can also visit us on all sorts of social media um instagram um linkedin facebook you name it you find us if you just uh if you just search lmn or, or go green you should be able to find any one of us um my linkedin profile is open brent giles um have a look you can see my background and my history. Feel free to reach out. Happy to have any further conversations um, around any of this fun stuff or anything else that anybody wants to discuss. I'm uh, I'm kind of an open book, so whatever you need, I'm here and and um, happy to to help uh, anybody that uh, may have questions or need any kind of guidance. I don't have all the answers, but uh, we can we can sure have a conversation. 
Thanks, Brent. Totally no appreciate problem. you checking in. I'm going to say a few words to the audience now. All right, you guys. Well, Brent and I shared a few strategies uh, from different parts of the country that we've both used. I hope this podcast has helped some of you guys out. If it has, hit us up in the comments down below. And as always, if you know of somebody that you would like to hear me interview, just put a name in the comments down below and we'll make that happen. God bless you guys. Go get them. And hopefully we will see you on another one. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in today. And make sure you come back next week. We've got more expert landscape business advice coming down the pipeline. Once again, a huge shout out to LMN Software for sponsoring this podcast and making this all happen. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. It's the true do-it-all tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. And the best part about LMN is they have a free version which you can begin using today. Just visit golmn.com backslash disruptors. You guys can start taking advantage of the software that I've been using to help me create a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's golmn.com backslash disruptors. Thanks again, everyone, and see you next week.